Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Yes, lads, UFC fighter Jack Shaw here. You can catch me on the latest episode of Ace Podcast Nation. Make sure to give him a subscribe on YouTube. It's uh, youtube.com forward slash Ace Podcast Nation, and uh, looking forward to get back on there soon. Hey guys, I'm Sai. Welcome to Ace Podcast Nation, the home of the Danny Batten Fight Show. This is episode number 46. We'll be talking last night's UFC card and a bit, some bits of news. Uh, you can find the show, video version, youtube.com slash acepodcastnation. Please subscribe. So we're nearly up to a thousand subscribers on there. You can also find the audio version at all your favourite radio and podcast platforms, including Spotify, uh, <coughs> Apple Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, and more. But uh, with no further ado, back from his travels, he had a week off. Is none other than former Cage Warriors champion, UK MMA legend. Mr. Daniel Batten, how are you? Yes, all good. I would like to say I'm rested from my trip, but that was not the case. We was actually As quite busy when we was out there. Work up there you oh, we liar. did. Yeah, seen, I did. Seen your Instagram pictures. Yeah, just, I did fall into the trap of um, you know, drinking drink a little it. bit. Yeah, I did a couple of times. Uh, but it had to be done. But I still trained in the early hours of the morning. Um, and one of the one of the sessions we was drinking till like one thirty a.m. and uh, and we were training at three a.m. <laughs> mate, I tell you what, at our age, one thirty a.m. So that's a late one, mate. That that's is, a late one uh, for me. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'd be dead the next day if I did that these days. But um, I am thrilled to welcome our special guest, Cage Warriors welterweight, Mr. Aaron King. Khalid, back for another go. How are you, my friend? You right? I'm okay. I'm okay. Thank you. Top man. Thanks for having me on again. 
Indeed, yeah. So, like, last time we spoke to you, it was in the build-up to uh, your fight at Cage Warriors. Obviously, you were on this show and you did a little interview with me as well. How was uh, how was that? It wasn't a long fight for you, was it? No, 28 seconds. It was good. It was... Um, we game-planned perfectly for that, to be honest with you. Like, we knew... We knew he was going to come out aggressive, throw um, a left hook, right hook, perfectly. Now, the plan was to startle him with something, or if he threw it again, throw a knee up the middle. Mm. So, I startled him with the head kick, and then he shot right in. It was perfect. But I didn't think he was going to give me the neck so easy. That was kind of much easier than I thought it was going to be. That's the way it's, it's always good when a plan comes together. Um, Danny, you were in the... Where's it? Abu Dhabi, you know? Abu Dhabi? Yeah. Yeah. Um, last week with Modestus for uh, Fight Island. How was your second Fight Island experience? Yeah, I mean, the, the experience is always second to none. It's the, the way you get treated there um, from the time that you fly out to the time that you fly back is incredible. It really is. Um, yeah, and obviously it's uh, lovely surroundings. We're in a top hotel, We've got our own private beach, um, good food. It's really, really great, and they they prep up one of the rooms, which are really large rooms, as a gym. So we got a gym next door to ourselves. Um, it, every fighter has that, and so everything was was great experience wise. We just didn't get the result. No, of course, yeah. We, um, me and Ben, obviously, we broke it all down last week. Ben did an excellent job uh, filling in for yourself, but um, yeah, it just didn't. One of them things. Jimmy Crook is such a he is a really good fighter, but he's also very experienced. And um, just one of them made us uh, fight in. You never know. Yeah. And we've yeah, talked yeah. about that a lot recently. Um, obviously, we've seen people like Oban's undefeated record go, where everyone mm. expected him to win. I was very confident. I thought Modestus would win, even though I thought was wary of um, Jimmy Crew. I was still surprised that Modestus ultimately lost. Israel, yeah, I yeah. Expect him to come back stronger, mate, and I'm sure yeah, you I do mean, as well. We we know what what well, I know, know or feel in my heart what what went wrong. Um, I would have liked to have seen him stick behind the jab early, but you know, sometimes when you put under pressure, um, when I trained under Greg uh, Jackson, when he, he come over, he talks about going back to your teddy bear, which is like your 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 you know your original roots of martial arts when you're under pressure. Um, and I think when Croup was pressuring forwards. Modestus just went back to his kicking game. Mm. But the issue with that is it puts you up on one leg. So that makes the threat of the takedown. We know how good Crute is on the ground, and we wanted to avoid that, which we did. But the, the kicking creates those opportunities, and he nearly took it. But Modestus done well to stay up on his feet. I commend him on that one. But one of the big don'ts that I say about it is to throw hands and uh, then the kick on the same side. And if you have a look at that end sequence, um, he threw the jab and then kicked with the left leg. So he jabbed with the yeah. left and then tried to kick with the leg. Well, like I say, it puts you up on one foot for one thing, but the hand never returns. So you throw out your jab, and when you go to throw up a kick, it comes down both sides, so you never bring it back to reference point. And, and that, that that was all she wrote, really. Um, Crook kept throwing over that overhand and um, trying to throw a combination where you're throwing left and then left kick. Yeah, you, you're going to get caught, and he did. But lessons learned. You evolve from it, and uh, yeah, it was a big step up. So you know, almost a shot to nothing, I suppose you would say. Um, yeah. Okay, so we we got the loss, but I think losing to someone like Crute, you know, no it's one's going to be like, oh wow. Bit. But you know, yeah. did we believe we could get the win? Absolutely. But I think Crute had more ways to win. Um, it just had a specific 
niche way of winning and he had to keep it in that arena and he was unable to um you know so you know well done to to crew and his team they had a game plan um and when we spoke to him the next day it, it sounded like they had it all go to to plan like uh, aaron was saying about his fight everything went to plan for them uh, the only um you know good thing regards me training uh, Modestus uh, over these last couple of years is that I was trying to work a lot of his takedown defense and his anti-jujitsu uh, methods to get back to his striking. And Crute um, did say that, you know, when I got old of you, I felt like this was going to be a no-go zone to try and get you to the ground. I just felt like I wasn't going to, he's going to burn too much energy trying to get you there. So he decided to stick with the strike and, and it was a good call on his part to do so because it led to the win. Yeah, we talked about fight IQ, wasn't it? Um, a lot over the over the over these last 50-odd episodes. And I mean, yeah. that is fight IQ, isn't it? Is he could have just prolonged going for the game plan of the takedowns, mm. but he adjusted and ultimately got the win that he was looking for. And, you know, it, well, I do agree with you, it was a shot to nothing because he was it was his second fight in the UFC, fighting the ranked number 16 fighter. If, yeah. if he'd got the win, it's massive for him, beating a, basically a ranked fighter. If it doesn't go your way, which it didn't on the, on that night... It's not like everyone's looking down, going, oh, my God, I can't believe you lost yeah. to that guy. And plus, at the end of the day, mate, I bet you if they fought, you know, if they fought 100 times, I think it would probably be quite even. I do mm. think Modesto is capable of beating Jimmy Crute. I just think that yeah. on that night, Jimmy Crute's game plan was on point and it went his way. But it's what it is, I suppose. Um, so before we get to uh, a certain Khabib who were retired from MMA last night. Um, I just wanted to touch on a few little bits and pieces. Uh, so we've got a couple of fights announced. We've got Leon Edwards versus Kam- Kamzat Chamaev on the de- headlining the de- December the 19th uh, UFC event. Uh, number one, that's going to be an absolute wonderful fight. Uh, and number two... Chumayev, is that the quickest anyone has headlined the UFC event? Because he's only had three fights in the UFC. Um, Aaron, you looking forward to that one, mate? Yeah, I can't wait. I like watching Leon Edwards fight. I think he's real good. He's real cl- clinical in what he does. Like his striking's on point. His uh, clinch work's on point. So um, it's a good good test for Chumayev. But it's a real... It's a kind of a lose-lose for Edwards. If he beats Shamayev, people will be like, ah, you beat uh, someone outside the rankings, you don't deserve a title shot, blah, blah, blah. If he loses to Shamayev, people are like, ah, see, you don't, de- you didn't deserve a title shot anyway. You don't deserve to be yeah. number three anyway. So, I don't know, though. Like, the only thing I think with that, and like, whilst I agree, technically, the only thing I think is, like, Shamayev is, like, the the new big thing and everyone's talking about him. Even kind of casual fans are talking about him. So I think if Leon Edwards, for instance, was to go in and starch him in a minute, I think that's going to be massive for Leon Edwards. However, I think losing to Chemaev is also massive for Leon Edwards. So I do agree with you from that side of it. Um, Danny, are you looking forward to that one, mate? Yeah, I think it's just really good. I mean, to me, Leon Edwards and Chemaev, if you look at them both, you've got one person that's you know, not had hardly any time in the UFC and suddenly getting all this incredible attention and rightly so I'd say you know he's, he's been faultless right um, but then Leon Edwards has done some amazing things and I don't feel like he's got enough attention no, for the great he work he's done he should have had a title shot shouldn't he already I think he's done incredibly well and I think he's been kind of 
for, for, for whatever reasons, I don't know, put in the shadows a little bit. Like um, I think, yeah, I do think yeah, he's that he's, he's overlooked. Yeah, mm. absolutely. And, and he's even got the talk as well. You know, he talks aggressive, mm. he's confident. And I think, yeah, this is a great matchup. Um, I think on paper, just looking at it on pure paper terms, yeah, okay, this is a difficult situation for Leon, but nevertheless, Chimmy has definitely got loads of attention built around him, and I think it will help bring Leon Edwards into the limelight if he if he beats Chimmy. He absolutely could beat him. Um, you know, is there going to be times where Chimmy gets him to the ground? Probably, no doubt, he will. But will, what kind of adversity to get him there? Leon will fight. Trade on trade. Um, I think his takedown defence predominantly will hold up to a point where if Jimmy does get him down, you know, is he going to keep him down? At what point in the round will he get him down? I think Leon Edwards will be there and um, trading up with with Jimmy F quite well. I, I'm really excited about this one. It's going to be a test for Jimmy F. Um, and when I say a test, uh, I more mean that we're going to see more of him. Um, he's not yeah. going to fold like the other ones have. Um, who was the, uh, the other chap that they put in? Uh, Oh my goodness! Uh, excuse me. Say what Give against Shemaya? Yeah, don't, yeah, really unfair. I, I thought it was really harsh on him. Um, uh, Reese McKee. Reese McKee. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, think I mean, he's got uh, another fight coming up as well. Yeah, yeah. I think you know, if Reese McKee could have had some proper prep, he may have gone in there. And you would have seen more of him. I have no doubt of that. But um, you know, under the circumstance of Harry got catapulted into UFC with that short notice and everything, I'm not surprised what happened to him happened. But Leon Edwards will be prepared. Um, he's not going to be bullied mentally, and I don't think he'll be turning shy to all this attention that's around Jimmy. I just don't think he'll be starstruck by any stretch, and he'll take it to him. Yeah, I mean, Chimaev, uh, he, he he submitted John Phillips, then he um, you know he starched uh, Reese, and then uh, he beats Gerald Mearshat, I think, wasn't that in like seventeen yeah. seconds or something? Yeah, um, and really, and, and he has the skill set to have pushed it further than he did, but he he looked scared. He looked, he looked all those guys. He looked, yeah, he looked all those guys have got yeah. the ability to 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 do more than what they did. So I don't yeah. know whether is that an indication of how good Chimaev is, <sighs> or particularly, in, I think, in Mearshat's case, I think, yeah, like he looked. As if he'd gone in his like head. He backed up, he had his hand yeah. down, his face, he was yeah. turning away as absolutely through punches. Yeah, yeah it was yeah. a weird one. And that, Leon Edwards won't do that. <laughs> he's yeah, no, he's no, going to take won't. it to him. Well, there's a funny thing about this uh, with Edwards. So, he was kind of following it uh, on Fightful on, I think it was Thursday or Wednesday. And um, they, had a, they put an article up saying, Leon Edwards has been removed by the UFC from the rankings because he's turned down a load of fights and he hadn't he hasn't fought since the middle of 2019 but supposedly they removed him from the rankings because he uh, had been turning down so many fights because he was obviously he was ranked three and then um, literally the same day like and it was not even like a couple of hours later it was within an hour of me reading that article or even that article going up um, Dana White announced I think it was like a radio show or a podcast of some sort that you know, he announced this fight, which I found really weird. And in between that, Leon Edwards kind of tweeted something at Chimaev, you know, saying, "Let's go" or whatever. It's a strange one. Why, why, Aaron? Why do you reckon they would have removed him from the rankings and then put him in the fight? Like, I, I don't know why they removed him. It's they. Um, a lot of people were saying it's because of his inactivity, like you just mentioned. But there's been fighters who have been more inactive than he has and still in the rankings. 
Yeah, the so, UFC rankings are weird, isn't it? So, I don't know. It, it doesn't seem like a UFC kind of bullied him into this fight. Knowing, yeah, maybe. Knowing he's probably turned down a few other fights and then Chamayev was going to step up and take the fight. Um, but Yeah, I think they were uh, struggling, actually, to get Chamayev another fight, like a fight, because yeah. a few people he was kind of linked with and they seemed to... Neil Magnum won that fight though, didn't he? Yeah, but did you see what Dana, I think it was Dana White, said, he basically said he had like no interest in in Neil Magny uh, fighting him, which I don't know if that's a bit disrespectful to Neil Magny maybe, but... Yeah, he's fantastic. fantastic it would have made more sense than Leon, because Neil's ranked mm. 15, isn't he, or 13, something like that? Mm. Uh, so Neil Magny ranked 9. Oh, nine. And obviously Leon Edwards is ranked number 3. Um, and Chemayev is technically not in there at the moment. I think he obviously will be when they redo him the next time. But he's only had one fight to welterweight. <laughs> yeah, that's mad, that, isn't it? But yeah, it's um, it's going to be interesting to see, um, you know, where they how that fight goes because I think it's going to be a good one. Um, another fight which was uh, announced uh, is Conor McGregor versus Dustin Poirier, the rematch in. Uh, January, Danny, how do you see that going, and are you looking forward to it? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I like. I'm say like a fan. Like, um, I, I like what McGregor brings. You know, he, he brings a bit of attention. You know, uh, love him or hate him, it's a great attention for the sport. I think he's generally an exciting fighter. Um, so I, I like it that he's still in the mix. Um, yeah, I would like to see him with a fresh. New this type of opponent sort of test him, uh, but then again, Poirier's you know he's had so much fighting experience since the last time that they fought, so I'm sure it's going to be a very different Poirier from previous. Um, it'd be kind of interesting to see what happens. Um, Conor McGregor's just like, is he been in training camp the whole time that he's not been fighting? You know, I just don't he says know. He has. He says uh, he's been if, training all the way through. Okay, I mean, if, if, he's if, not going to say you haven't, though, is he? No, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, if it is the case, my money's and still going to be on McGregor. Has he been training boxing though? Because there was rumours of him fighting uh, Pacquiao. Pacquiao. So, like, has he been training boxing with that in mind, as opposed to like MMA training? You know, it's difficult. Now you're never going to know for a hundred percent. One thing I do know is John Kavanaugh has been in Ireland and doing a lot of stuff with Bellator with his other fighters, so he hasn't been with Conor McGregor. Um which you know, it wouldn't be like quite fight camp time now anyway, would it? Be what when would they start fight camp for the middle of January or early January, end of November? Mm. Something like that, would it be? You you two would yeah. know better than me. But a lot yeah. sort of then ten to eight weeks. Yeah, so be interesting. I um, I often go back and watch um, Conor McGregor's rise, like his early fights in the UFC, um, because I just find it very interesting watching him develop as a fighter. Because when he came into the UFC, he was quite raw. He um, he was obviously a good striker. He was obviously a good fighter. He had double cage warriors champion, but. He wasn't as polished as when you see him fight like uh, Eddie Alvarez, when he absolutely like that was a really yeah. good fight to watch because there was the Alvarez fight and there was another fight around that time. I think um, what's his name? Eddie Alvarez. Who did he fight around Alvarez? Um, 
and everyone thought he was going to get done by the both of them and he absolutely starts both of them oh, that's going to bug me but yeah with the what? no he was um I, could, I keep thinking Eddie, but it's, it's someone else. It'll come to me now. But like with, I was watching. Like you watched the Chad Mendes fight. McGregor had a bit of trouble with Chad Mendes at first with his wrestling, and then he, he kind of settled and and ultimately you know he finished him. Um, so I'll be interesting to see with how much experience McGregor's got now and how you know his fighting's developed. But Dustin Poirier is a very different fighter. To when he fought Conor McGregor first time round, um, yeah. and I think Poirier has shown time and time again that he is, you know, he's a very, very good fighter. Is he like an elite, elite level kind of very top tier fighter? I'm not one hundred percent sure about that. Like, is he up there with you know your John Joneses and your Israel Adesanyas and your Khabibs and your Conor McGregors? I don't know, but if McGregor's not focused or he hasn't trained as well like against Cowboy Conor McGregor looked back to that kind of driven focused uh, the way you know which got him the rise that he had if he's like that I tend to think he would might beat Poirier well not easily but comfortably whereas um, if he's got if he's not focused in any way Poirier is more than capable of beating him do you think? Who's that to? You. Oh, Aaron's ah. just uh, popped up, yeah. Sorry, mate. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I just... Uh, I mean, when you watch McGregor fight, he's, he strikes a lot of laser beams. Um, and, you know, if you're going to get any anything of a sniff of a clean shot landed, he's, he's gonna, it's going to tumble you. Mm. Um, and the only thing with Poirier, he does get himself caught up in a bit of wars. You know, he hits well, but also he gets hit a lot himself. You know, he gets caught up in these wars. I think getting caught up in a war with McGregor is just not a good idea. You know, um, I think he should, you know, have a good strategy, good game plan to try to focus on where McGregor's, McGregor's weak. And I don't mean like the ground. And I think he's weak when he's tired. And I think he should look to try and get through that first round safe and then try to progress the fight for the rounds two and three. I think that's where he should be trying to push his focus for a strategic edge. Uh, against McGregor, but if he goes in there trying to push some kind of pace on him at, with the wrong type of game plan, he could come woefully unstuck against McGregor. Um, yeah. yeah, so that's how, kind of how it's I look be, at it, really. It's going to be fascinating, mate, isn't it, to to look at it and just to see what McGregor turns up and how the fight goes. I was just trying to find the Dustin Poirier match to see uh, to see how it went. Because off the top of my head, I can't he got, remember it. He got Do you remember? clipped behind the yeah, yeah, ear. Quite early. He was getting pressured back. He was backpedalling a little bit from what I remember. Um, Aaron, how do you see that fight going, mate? Um, Poirier and McGregor. I think it's, McGregor's going to stop him again. But I don't think it'll be as easy as the first fight. I think he'll be in the third round, second round. Because yeah, he, I think... He hit so hard and he's so accurate with his strikes. And like Danny was saying, Poirier does tend to get hit quite a lot. And yeah, McGregor's not somebody you could get hit against. That's the, yeah, that was kind of what, exactly what I was going to say. With McGregor, it's not so much about getting hit. It's, his strikes are so accurate that yeah. when he hits you, he's going to hit you on the button. Um, so he's not a fighter who's going to break the record for number of strikes. 
but if you do get hit they tend to be very um, solid shots or in the right spots um, it'd be interesting with obviously Khabib retiring if McGregor does go and starch Poirier it's kind of like well, you know what he's going to be saying he's going to be looking for a title and um, we've, we've talked about this division before Danny it is a very stacked division but Dustin Poirier is ranked number two so if McGregor does win and McGregor's ranked number four surely McGregor's got to fight Gaith G or Ferguson next after that yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if they make this a title fight because they're both coming off wins where Gaith G and Tony aren't so uh, you reckon yeah. it'll be an interim title fight? Could be something like that, yeah. And then the winner will fight Ferguson, I guess. It's going to be out of those four guys, isn't it? G, Tony, Connor, and Dustin. And only mm. Dustin and Connor are coming off wins. Where Tony and Gaethje have both come off losses to the same guy. Yeah, and I mean, Ferguson's defeat was rough to Gaethje, wasn't it? And um, obviously Gaethje lost to Khabib, which we're going to talk about in a bit. Um yeah, it's an interesting one. There's some big names in that um, in that division, so I'd be very interested to see kind of what happens with it. Um, very quick question for you both: Do you think we will see Israel Adesanya face John Jones in 2021? And if so, what weight will it be? Uh, Danny, we'll go to you first, mate. Uh, I think it's quite highly likely that it could well happen. Yeah, I what think weight, it could happen. What weight, though, do you reckon? I think it'd be a light heavy. We know light Jones could obviously can obviously get there, and yeah, Israel he could easy. You know, obviously, obviously going to be easy for him. He just don't have to cut weight for middleweight. So, I, d I think it could happen, but I think he's going to come up short against someone like Jones. Um, do you? Jones, yeah, I do. That's interesting. Um, you know, jo Jones is an incredible wrestler. He's really rangy, so it's not. Um, Israel Desanya, he's, he's been looking dominant because he's rangy, he's got really good footwork, but Jones could press him back with that long reach of his, that high advantage that he's got, and he's got the wrestling back up, so he's going to keep pressing forward, and I think it'll wear down on him. That's just how I think. Yeah, I know, I, I take it. Like, for me, I look at the... OK, I'll include the middleweight, the light heavyweight, and the heavyweight, just for the sake of argument. I think the only person who I see on paper giving John Jones any trouble is Jan Blauchevich, uh, Israel Adesanya. And when I look at that heavyweight division, I just look at it and I think John Jones would starch most of them. The only potential problems I see for him in that division are maybe uh, like a Francis Ngannou, if he was to get clipped, or a Stipe. I think with Ngannou, John Jones would probably just take him down. Uh, other than that, I look at those three divisions and I kind of don't see anyone who would give him trouble. But um, mm. what about you, Aaron? Do you think we see Israel Adesanya um, versus John Jones? It's likely, but Izzy, I think Izzy wants to try and surpass uh, Silver's record in middleweight, doesn't he? For the most part, the defences. Yeah. And so, but. You know, he could do both. He could, he could go out there fight his next fight again. Yeah, yeah, he could do like maybe like a super fight against Jones. I, and I don't think it's a good fight for Izzy. I think like Jones's clinch works too good. He'll he'll get him in the clinch, get him to the ground, and he'll be too much for him. Too big, too strong. Mm. 
Mm. Anyone in that heavyweight division for you guys who you think would give John Jones trouble? Um, just to jog your memory, I'll give you some of them. So you've got Stipe, uh, Ngannou, Curtis Blades, uh, Rosenstruck, Derek Lewis, Overeem, Junior Dos Santos, Volkov, uh, Sakai, uh, Abdul Makayov, Walt Harris, uh, Olyanek, uh, Ivanov. Anyone there, Dan, who think give John Jones a trouble in the heavyweight division? <laughs> not really, no. They're just not dynamic. I don't even think Stipe. I just don't think they're dynamic enough. It's, there's just no one there to hit a surprise on him. I, I just think it's a slower division. He, he's he's clearly got a sharp mind. He, he's got a mind and a, a body that reacts like a welterweight, a middleweight. But, uh, yeah, I just I just don't think there's anyone who can surprise him. Uh, and, okay, so they've got puncher's chances at that weight. Course. But that's about all they've got, and I just don't think that's enough to beat He's someone that Jones's, Jones's caliber. Yeah. So just... here's a question for you. Obviously, he was light heavyweight champion. Has he made that move to heavyweight with with that in mind? Because uh, he's getting older. With that in mind and the weight cutting and things like this, that he can go to heavyweight and on paper it looks like quite a comfortable time. Whereas you look at that light heavyweight division, you've got Blaučević, you've got. Uh, Reyes, you've got Ozdemir, you've got Johnny Walker or Zirkanov, Krylov. There's some guys coming up, shall we say, who are not probably ready for John Jones now, but maybe, you know, give it a year or two. They may not dominating Reyes, obviously, but like Blauchevic and, and Ozdemir and Krylov, Johnny Walker, uh, Ankalov. I'd like even Jimmy Crute, you know, give him a few years or a year or two. He should be, you know, in the title picture by the end of next year if he keeps developing. So has John Jones got that in his mind when he's moving to heavyweight, Aaron? Do you think? Um, I just think he wants he wants to dominate that division now. He's done everything he can of like heavyweight. He fought everyone they've given him. He just wants to go there and prove he can dominate that division. And like you said, he is mm-hmm. getting a bit older. Uh, most of the heavyweights are pretty much the other older guys, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, sure. So I think he, he sees that heavyweight division being weaker than the light heavyweight division, like you just mentioned. And he, I think he, he knows he could probably run through that division and be the like wedge of the heavyweight champion of the world. There's no one no one above you, is there? No. Where How many fights do you think he's got to have a heavyweight before he gets a title shot? How many fights do you think he's got to have? One. I'd give him one fight. But not even that, I'd give him a straight title fight. Would you? But, that's going to upset yeah. some people, isn't it? Mm-hmm. He's been dominant Germany in the light heavyweight division. Yeah, I wonder whether they should give him like a big striker, like an, an Ngannou G- or a Derek G- Lewis GSP or someone. Fight straight away. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. That is very true. And he hadn't fought for years, whereas at least John Jones, is, you know, yeah. he was champion recently. And yeah, I guess when you put it like that, Frank Yeager ultimately... Yeah, and ultimately, the UFC is about. I know they're less so about pay per view buys these days, but they they want to put big fights, super fights on, don't they? Particularly, I think in this kind of COVID era, you look at some of the cards, even the card which we're going to talk about next week, which is just like your average fight night card. Three of the fights: uh, Uriah Hall versus Anderson Silva in Anderson Silva's last fight, Bryce Mitchell versus Andre Feely which is a bit of a sleeper, and uh, Kevin Holland versus uh, Mahmoud Muradov, and 
Greg Hardy's on the card and Bobby Green's on the card, um, and that's without the prelims being announced. So I mean, that's quite not like a super stacked card, but there's some big names on there just for your, you know, your run of the mill yeah. kind of fight fight night. And I think in this era they are trying to put on bigger fights with the fans not there. Um, very lastly, then Dan, who would you? Uh, if I if I'm saying you can't put John Jones straight into a title fight with the heavyweight, who would you put him up against before that title fight? Yeah, I think so. Yes, yeah. someone who's, who's going to hit hard has got that puncher chance, which all heavyweights do do. But yeah, maybe you know Derek Lewis, someone like that. But I just—is there any point? I, I, I would put him straight in for title opportunities. Um, but Joe, what I'm thinking he's doing, I think he wants to become you know the heavyweight champion. And um, you'll have a reshuffle around of the activities for the light heavyweight. And I think he'll go back down and steal that title again, just for Flamenti's legacy. Then, then I think well, he'll retire. Well, you think he wants to get the heavyweight title and then target the go light back down heavyweight and, title holder? Yeah, just to show he can do it whenever, he, wherever he wants. Um, and then he'll he, create a legacy you know, for yeah, himself, or, even though he has already. But I just think, well, that would be amazing. And I think he can do it as well. Yeah, do you know? I think if 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 he wasn't as old as he is, I would look at that light heavyweight type division, and I there's no one in there I think which really troubles him at the moment. Um, Jan Blachowicz is the one I think which I've got like a little bit of question mark about, but even him, I think ultimately John Jones will be him. Um, mm. I'd like to see the Adesanya fight because I think that could be tasty because they don't like each other very much. Hmm. I always enjoy the fights where the people don't like it. <laughs> Adds a bit. Um, right, come on then. Let's get into the last night's show. Um, so, yeah, uh, Fight Island 6, I think it was. Um, some good fights. Very stacked card, even with a load of fights falling through. Um, in terms of the prelims, the two fights I want to focus on, uh, Nathaniel Wood versus Casey Kenny. Uh, me and Ben discussed last week how we really... You know, we obviously, as Brits, we wanted Nathaniel Wood to do well, um, but we felt Casey Kenny was a very difficult fight for him, uh, even after Casey Kenny had had a bit of a timeout, and that proved to be the case. Although it was a very enjoyable fight, and I thought it was quite close as well. Um, Aaron, what did you make of the Nathaniel Wood versus uh, Casey Kenny? It was amazing, like straight from the word, from the first bell first round they were just at each other weren't they were just trying mm. to count oh Aaron's broken up uh, Dan what did you make of it yeah yeah uh, just it, it, was a, it was a cracker of a match you had Nathaniel Woods um, rather than trying to lump in hard as he can shots he was more trying to do punches in kicks in punches he was really doing a full combination um, on Casey Kenny and Kenny was looking to land a more significant strike you know the hard ones he was perhaps looking for something that was going to lead to a KO um, you know brilliant fight but Casey Kenny fought only a few weeks back didn't he yeah uh, yeah. so he yeah, had um, a bit of a layout and then he fought a couple of weeks back and then he fought again obviously yeah um, you know, he looked really dominant in that previous that, that was the one where he was doing all the body kicks wasn't it and uh, yeah and his cardio was incredible but this was at a catch weight and I think maybe because Kenny perhaps couldn't get down you know taking this fight maybe on a, a you know 
I don't suppose he had this plan to fight so soon, but I just think he just took the opportunity. Um, yeah, I thought done, I thought he could, the decision could have gone either way, to be honest. Yeah, um, I thought he was, I was that close, mate. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I, I really thought Nathaniel Wood done done amazing. Yeah, this is another kid that I feel like perhaps don't get perhaps enough attention to it because he don't don't do a lot of the big talking. But this mm. kid's an absolute talent. I mean, Casey well, Kenny's a, an accomplished yeah. wrestler, and uh, he, he never looked like he had an easy time trying to get Nathaniel Wood down. Okay, so he cut, kind of got on, into a back situation up against the fence. But Nathaniel Wood's takedown defense is is amazing when you think mm. that you know, born and bred in the UK, you don't we don't have that access to, yeah. to such high Catch wrestle. Uh, yeah, 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 that's, that's right. Final. Final round yeah. as well, like yeah. that sprawl perfect when Casey Kelly hit that. Sure, it was really, yeah. like he's so, got a real yeah. good performance. Casey Kenny's record in the UFC, I am. Um, he, he didn't have a layout at all. I got, I must have got him mixed up with someone else. His record in the UFC is unbelievable, and he's fought yeah. some incredible fighters. So his his debut in the UFC uh, was in March two thousand and nineteen, where he beat uh, Ray Borg via unanimous decision. Then. Uh, in August 2019, he beat Bermudez by a unanimous decision. Then he lost to uh, Mirab Jishvili. Sorry, I butchered his name. Uh, in February this year, um, via a decision. And then he's beaten Smolka in May of 2020 uh, via a submission. Then he beat uh, Hilai Alating in or October of uh, October the fourth, twenty twenty, and then obviously he's beating Nathaniel Wood, so he's like uh, doing very very well. And uh, I mean, I gotta be honest, the only fighter I'm not familiar with out of all those was that highly uh, Alatang, the Chinese fighter, which he fought a couple of weeks back. Mm. So you know, he's fought some big names, um, and I feel I do feel for Nathaniel Wood because I feel like. Since he's come to the UFC, he hasn't had much luck in terms of who he's fought because they brought him in and he fought Eduardo, beat him via a dash choke. He looked the real deal. Then he beat Andre Ewell and um, Quinn Quinnuez or something, uh, both of them via a rear naked choke. Then he lost to Tom, uh, to John Dodson via TKO in like the third round. Um, I thought that was a bit unfortunate because he'd been looking all right up in, in that fight up until yeah. then. Then he came back and beat um, John Castanega via a unanimous decision on the Whitaker Till card uh, earlier this year. Then he had a fight fall through, I think. Um, and then obviously he's lost uh, Casey Kenny on decision. But I feel like he's had some tough fights these last three, four fights. Um, you know, Dodston, Castanega, Casey Kenny. They're not giving. I know there's no easy fights in UFC. Don't get me wrong, but they're not messing about with him. They, and I feel like all of those fights, even the Dodson one, which he lost by TKO, could have gone in Nathaniel Woods' favor. Mm. Yeah, and it's it looks very different then, doesn't it? Do you know what I mean? He's only he's lost twice to Dodson and Casey Kenny. His record would look pristine if not for those so um i hope they don't uh, you know they don't start to sort of not give up on him but kind of because they have got behind him quite a lot i hope they keep getting behind him because i think he's got a lot to offer the ufc um yeah but casey kenny this uh, as well aaron what do you make of specifically casey kenny's uh, performance 
Who's that to? Uh, like, uh, Aaron, like, sorry, um, mate. Uh, like um, we said before, I think we started recording. I've ne- I didn't hear of Casey Kenny before Ben mentioned it, mentioned him to me. But uh, but now you mentioned his record, I remember when he fought Bermudez because I, I had a bet on Bermudez to win. Mm. And Casey Kenny kind of beat him up in his own game, didn't he? Yeah, like he, yeah. He beat him up from top position, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, he's good. Like, he, like he's, his wrestling was solid. His striking looks solid in that fight. His pressure, he looks strong for bantamweight as well. Yeah, I was just trying to see if um, sometimes you can find out where they're ranked, when they, even though they're outside the 15, but I can't find it. Yeah, it'd be interesting who they match him up against next, because obviously yeah. he's just had two fights very quickly together. Um, at least, oh. like, you know, but they both went to the, the decision. Um, so yeah, but that'll be interesting. Um, the next fight, Dan, on the the prelims or the main event of the prelims was uh, tied to Avassa versus Stefan Struve. You haven't seen this one, have you? I didn't see it. No. no. So it went four minutes fifty nine of the first round. It was pretty much a standard heavyweight exchange strikes. Uh, Stefan Struve is massive. It's ridiculous. He's like a, you got like the top of the cage, and his head's like a foot above it. It's mm-hmm. uh, it's ludicrous. And obviously, Tai Tu Tai is quite short as well for a, even for, you know for a heavyweight as well. He's quite short. But um, the finish came as Tuavasa got got Struve against the cage, and he kind of just nailed him. And he got him. It started off where he kicked him in the midsection, and. This has been a story of the last few weeks, and we're going to talk about it in one of the fights later on, uh, how important these big body shots are, these big kicks to the ribs. And we've seen the last couple of weeks, those straight, the kind of straight teak kind of kick into like the solar plexus is done for a couple of fighters. And like, uh, we'll talk about it later, but Walt Harris, as soon as he got hit in the solar plexus by that kick, he was done. So I criticised, I think it was the woman last week, uh, fighter, because by showing how much pain she was in, she allowed uh, her opponent to, to to spot it and capitalise on it. But maybe I owe her an apology because, you know, Walt Harris is a big so, dude and he yeah, showed it as well. But, oh, yeah. But um, just quickly, uh, Aaron, what did you make of Stefan Struve and Ty Tuovasa uh, performances? Struve annoyed me in that fight. I had him to win on my accumulator and um, by submission. Mm-hmm. And um, once again, Struve came out, didn't use any of his range, didn't use any of his kickboxing, any of his keeps, nothing. Let two of us to get on the inside and he got punished for it, like right at the end as well. He yeah, just, one second to go. All he had to do was circle off that cage. He just stayed there, allowed two of us to piece him up against that cage. And it's just, it's not what you want to see from a six foot 11 guy. Getting chewed up by someone who's like five eight, five nine. <laughs> yeah, man. It's, it's, um, <laughs> I do five. But I think you're right though about Struve. Like in that heavyweight division, which we've discussed, you know, is not the best. He's got the tools to do all right. Yeah, he should be his, like his top um, five. ground games look real good when he takes it to the ground. He, his top game looks dangerous. Mm. He just doesn't like seem to is. like you realize someone using. No, it's weird, man. Weird. Um, Let's go on to the main card. Let's go on to the main card. Um, So next, the first fight was uh, Magmed 
and Kaloff versus uh, Ion Kutalaba. Um, this was an interesting one because this one had a controversial finish, didn't it? Um, in the in their first fight, I can't remember what the finish was at the top of my head. I'll have a look now, though. Um, Danny, was what did you... about. Yeah, he was like doing a real rope dope, and the ref stopped it. Ah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, I remember now. Um, he was trying to do a rope dope, and the ref thought he was seriously or like probably hurt, <laughs> didn't he? Seriously, right? Yeah. Um, well, he got smoked in this fight anyway, in my opinion. Uh, Danny, what do you make of this one, mate? Yeah, uh, Mega Red just looked really solid. He, he weren't mucking about. Um, everything was business. He was trading off those shots with really nice tight technique. Um, and Cuddalaba was coming in a little bit open. Um, and, and he was getting away with it for a few combinations. I mean, fair play to him. He was he was trying to go forward on um, Mega Med, but yeah, it was inevitable he was going to get caught at some point. And, and when he got caught, it was curtains very, very quickly. I just felt like it was real business end for Mega Man. He just was not going to leave anything to question. And um, I, I felt like he was dusting his hands off, like it's a, a segment of his career that he had to get get sorted. And um, he did it in good fashion. And there's not really a lot you can say about it. it you know, it was all on the feet. And it, it was an impressive for what it was. Um, I, I just liked it. He had really nice strict form and was just taking no risks. Um, and he got the job done and got it done really well. Yeah, I hope they put this bloody fight to bed now because obviously you had their them fight with the controversial stoppage. Then they rebooked it for, I think, April and it was Ankeloff had to pull out due to COVID, mm. pandemic uh, travel restrictions. Then Kutalaba pulled from the next one where he was supposed to fight Ovin St. Preux and then they had this one and they had to rematch it and uh, let's just put that to bed and I think Ankel, I agree with you Danny and Kalov looked like this was only going to go one way in his mind like he was focused yeah, uh, to me, and yeah. he just he did it to with, get it done yeah it looked like he was not going to doubt that he was going to win it looked like he just had the expression that he just had to get in there and do the time and yeah. he knew he was it's almost like he knew he was going to win he knew he was better but he just felt felt like I don't know he had to shut some people up and, and just get this bit done before he can move on but he, he must be what's it, he's, he's got to be moving right up in the old ranks now he's got to be getting up there who's that uh, and off. Uh, yeah because uh, well, that's going to be interesting like seeing who they're going to give him next like yeah let's have a look I'll tell you exactly where he is uh, he's a, he was 11 before this fight so yeah so he's getting in there he's getting amongst the, the thicker know, things um, I'll ask you both who you'd put him up against next but um, Aaron, what did you make of this fight first? Good. Um, yeah, Kuta, the Kutalaba came out a bit wild, didn't he? Um, mm. And that guy just capitalised on that. Was just solid, straight, good, good, uh, good power behind his punches and just put him away. Who would you? Uh, who would you put him up against? Oh, uh, next. Ozdemir. That's a good shout. Angolaev. I wouldn't mind seeing um, Ankalov fight Johnny Walker though either. Although at the moment I think Ankalov would probably start him in a yeah, do you know what I was going to say? Johnny Walker, Johnny Walker been, uh, they're trying I, to build Johnny yeah. Walker back up, aren't they? They Maybe are. They but I, yeah, I was going to say let's get Johnny Walker in there against him. But I think Johnny Walker still got work to do on his overall MMA. I really do. I think it was a good call for him to go and train with yeah, uh, John Kavanagh. But um, I, but now I see that he was training with uh, the Brazilian dude, the uh, acrobatic guy. Wasn't he? He's just like. 
Is, it, is he training with John Kavanagh? In no, no, he term? was with Kavanagh because Kavanagh was in his corner, wasn't he, for his last Yeah, fight. but is he, is he stayed with Yeah, him, as far as I hear. With that, that, as far, okay, yeah. Different. I think that'll, that'll do him good. But good yeah, that was who I was going to throw up. Yeah, it does seem that way, yeah. Because he was in Russia. He's got the potential, long, Johnny Walker. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was, yeah. He's um, He's got the potential, Johnny Walker, 100% got the potential to, to be something special. But I think they just tried to push him too quick. I think they should have let him just keep well, building those wins. Instead yeah, you of... say that. He was, though, wasn't he? He was. He's, yeah. He kept knocking people out. So he well, broke three up. He within, of... within like a first round, didn't he? <laughs> That's right, yeah. yeah. So they had to put him up. But he got kind of found out regards his groundwork or lack of there after seeing what happened to him on the ground. And, uh, yeah, and I, I just, like I say, I think he got a little bit lucky in his last fight. Uh, yeah. I don't believe in the luck, as I always say, but... Um, I thought, you know, things just fell well for him. Uh, I don't think he looked good. I think he still looked really rushed with his striking. And um, it nearly got him in trouble, but he, he pulled it back round like he so often has, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so, uh, Aaron, you'd put him up against Ozdemir. Who would you put um, uh, Ankalov against, Dan? Yeah, yeah, I was, was going to say the same. Yeah, I was going to say Johnny Walker. That's... I was going oh, to, you were going to say Johnny Walker. That's what I was going to say, yeah. Where, where's Johnny Walker ranked to? Uh, ninth. And he's up there. Is sixth. Yeah, just... Another good one would be Misha Shurkinov versus Ankalov. Yeah, I yeah, like yeah. that. I like that fight. Mm. But there we go. Um, <laughs> next up was the ladies. Uh, so we had uh, Lauren Murphy versus uh, Lila Lilia. Shakira, Shakira, Vo, Shakira Rover. I apologise. I'm terrible at these names. Wait till we get to Khabib. Um, what do you make of this <laughs> one? Aaron, we'll go to you first this time. Um, I think Lauren could have put it away much sooner than it, she did. I thought that Lilia looked much smaller and she didn't really have much to offer Lauren. Laura, Lauren. Is, um, yeah, once yeah. they were clinched up, or once uh, she was on the inside of her, I feel if Lauren took it down sooner and just put it on her, kind of, kind of thing, like big, like big brother that bullied her around, she could have finished her so mm. way sooner than she did. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, I thought it was quite, quite one-sided to be honest. Um, she, uh, she, ugh, bloody hell, Shaki Rover looked. Um, I don't want to say she looked out of her depth, but she was struggling to contain Lauren Murphy, I felt. Um, and I felt, i got to say, I thought Lauren Murphy was quite impressive, to be honest. I thought she was pretty good. Yeah. Um, Danny, what did you make of it? Yeah, I really liked it. She's got a really nice form. Um, you know, uh, I, I like these people, not, not like they look like a traditional strikers, let's not say, but she's got a nice square stance to deal with anyone that's going to shoot and wrestle or if she chooses to shoot and wrestle herself i like where she holds her hand positioning and i liked it that she didn't rush I, yeah I, I absolutely agree with Aaron that she could have really put it on her and um perhaps got uh out the way quite quick but i just think she was being sure-footed with the process she was just going to take what was going to be given regards to the the the, the pouring pressure um I, I thought it was a, a really solid performance and boy does she like to talk afterwards <laughs> she kept pulling back the she kept pulling yeah, back the mic. I, I think you know she's thirty seven years old, and I think she knows that 
if she's going to make things happen, she's got to make things happen now. And I think that's why she was pushing so hard with that mic in her hand. And yeah, that, that, let's give her a title shot. She she deserves it on that yeah. performance in terms of everything was quite clinical. I think she wanted to show she's got a mature, uh, progressive game. Uh, she did that for me. Um, I liked what I saw. Yeah, and she, like you say, she took a opportunity on the mic, mate. By uh, you know, she, I thought she did really. She spoke very well. Uh, highly of herself. <laughs> yeah, but you know, this we've got to do, mate. Today, you? it's got to sell Absolutely. yourself. Absolutely. No, um, I'm not saying it's wrong, but um, I, I was thinking, my goodness, she seems like she's, you know, doubting whether she would get the shot that she feels that she deserves. And I think she's trying to push she's it. Put, yeah, and she's put she's the pressure in, on Dana White yeah. to give her the shot now, haven't she? But she's got herself in incredible shape. Like I say, you know, I don't want to keep poking at her age, but she's 37 years old. You know, that's that, that's not young. Never, and yeah, she wants to make things happen and and maybe make a stand for a couple of years as as title holder, which I, I think she believes that she can get and obtain and potentially keep. So yeah, give give this girl a chance. I think she's uh, she's she's going to be a worthy opponent. Oh yes. Um... And the thing is, though, mate, at the end of the day, there's nothing more boring than a fighter going on and being respectful and saying, yeah, my opponent is great. And I, well, you, know, you do need those. You, I, know, well. I know, I know, I know. I'm not saying that you shouldn't do that, but there's nothing more boring as a viewer than when they say, who would you like to call out? And you, they just go, oh, you know, anyone, I don't mind, whoever they want <laughs> to put me against. Sod that. Mm-mm. I want to see so, someone was- saying, I want the champ, I'm going to rip his head off. There was someone being interviewed the other day, wasn't there? I can't think of the name. You know what I'm like with these bloody names. I can't bloody remember them. But um, uh, he was getting interviewed and they were really trying to push him to, to say, you know, who did you want to fight next? And he just looked like really shy to be interviewed. It was uh, quite comical. Was not, what, not what you normally see from fighters, but uh, yeah, he looked really shy. Oh, yeah. uh, next used. up was... <laughs> <laughs> A very it was a, a long one, it was a brutal long back and forth fight between uh, Phil Hawes and Jacob uh, Malcone, lasting yeah. all of eighteen seconds. Could have only slightly quick, slightly quicker than uh, the King's last fight. Um, Danny, what did you make of this eighteen seconds? All right, yeah, this Phil because he was the underdog as well, wasn't he? Um, yeah. But yeah, when they said underdog, and I looked at his physique, I'm like, oh my God, this guy looks looks monstrous. Um, and then when it panned over to his uh, opponent, you know, he did look quite unassuming physically. Um, but I thought, hey, you know, you know, maybe, you know, the the, the bookies know something I didn't. But he come mm-hmm. out and just, well, he just went at it and got the win very very quickly. It's hard to take anything from that other than that he was there to to take a scalp and he took it in quick quick fashion i think this guy looks like the real deal i mean he's not been tested I, I don't know much about the guy other than what i saw um but this is definitely someone that made my eyebrows rise and someone that i'm going to be looking at more closely but my god he was aggressive and oh quite clearly powerful yeah oh yes what did you make of it anything anything to add aaron i know it's difficult to add um, to 18 18 when it's that powerful, short <laughs> powerful yeah. fast like he went straight in there for the kill, didn't he? There was no feeling out with him. No. Like, I don't think that guy even got out of his corner, did he? he didn't, <laughs> no, like no, it, no, he didn't really, no. Do you think he felt a bit disrespected that um, he was the underdog? You see some fighters, they they don't like it, do they? They're, they're the underdog. You know, someone's got to be the underdog. But he looked like he had a, a point to prove, at least. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, you can imagine each like uh, I don't know how to put it. You can imagine he, he's very highly of himself, and then seeing he's the underdog to the guy, he knows he's gonna go out there and smash. He probably thought about disrespecting him, so I'm gonna put a, prove a point here now. Go out there, take his head off, and then you know, see what. Yeah, I think I think he read into a little bit the way his opponent come out from the cage. You know, he didn't come out and try and take centre, and he looked a little. Like, if you have a look um, back at the footage, he was holding on to his cage. He just barely come out of his corner. He touched gloves and he, he backed up from the get-go and was tripping on the outskirts of the cage. Um, mm. He just looked he looked like he was intimidated by the physicality of, of, of House. Um, he looked twitchy and nervous. And I just think that give um, House that confidence to just say, yeah, you know what? He's backing up. Don't look like anything's going to come back at me. I'm, I'm going to throw everything at him. And he didn't get anything in return. The guy was twitching all over the place. I, I think he literally looked at the physicality and it, um, it made his tail go between his legs, which you don't see very often these days in, in no. MMA, you know, especially in UFC. You don't see that, but he looked scared. Yeah. yeah. It's been a few of those. We've been from that fight as well. When uh, that guy hit the deck, the ring girl looked terrified for him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you saw like, that. She was like, her hands up. She was like, Grah. I was like, oh, yeah. She must have seen the fear in his eyes. Um, and then next up was the Alexander Volkov versus Walt Harris. And this was the one, the finish I was referring to. Uh, the the kick to the sternum or the, the solar plexus just underneath was what did it. Um, and we've seen a few of these recently, these big straight kicks. I don't know what they're called, you guys obviously know. They teak kick is it where it's Cheek. like that straight mm. kick with the heel yeah. the the base of your feet. So I got it right, I'm quite proud of that. Well done me. Um yeah, straight in the solar plexus and we saw the ladies last week and it happened a lot recently and it shows how brutal, just brutal they are. Um so I'd be very, very interested uh, to hear you guys tell me about how much body shots can hurt. Danny, what did you make of this fight? And talk me through a good body shot. Yeah, I mean, what Harris, he's, he's good, I rate him. But it it just looked like he was suffering with the height and range of Volkov. He looked like a little lost on how to deal with it. And there's opposite stance as well, which can be another issue. Um, yeah, he just looked, it looked a little bit like he had a few question marks floating above his head throughout the whole the whole experience. I think he just struggled to... to find something that was going to work against Volkov and Volkov this time around he, he looks a little bit uh, leaner a little bit more muscular um, than, than he did previous whether that's just light in effects I don't know but I don't know he just looked more on it this time around um, looked really really calm when Walt Harris was coming at him he was calmly defending and countering I think it was a really really solid performance and yeah I, I, I've got a feeling that Volkov is doing the right type of training to improve himself and yeah he, he made it work really really well and that stab kick um you know we, we call it a stab kick out of gym but um you know stab kick for good reason because it's like being knifed a body shot it's not a pleasurable experience and he kept feeling that out numerous times you know because there was that opposite stance he kept doing that rear leg tape um and that's really good because it stops Walt's powerful hands and um you know it stops most risks of any takedowns, which I don't think Walt was ever going to try and attempt to do. Uh, it was just a solid, solid performance. And, yeah, well done, Volkov. <laughs> but what, you you heard uh, Walt yell out as he got teeped. Uh, it must have been horrendous. He was yeah. rolling around on the ground for quite some time afterwards. Yeah, solid performance. Exciting. 
Um, what did you What did you make of that, uh, Aaron? And also, like, for someone Walt Harris's size to react like that to a kick like that, you know, it must have hit him right in that sweet spot. I think. Oh yeah, it was a solid performance, like Danny was saying. Volkov looked looked like he had all boxes ticked for Walt, and um, mm. yeah, that kick looked horrendous, didn't it? Right in the perfect spot. It's just, you, you can imagine the power he drove behind him with those long legs as well. Mm. Oh, yeah. Um, Volkov, who are we putting him up against next, lads? Uh, yeah, so, I would say someone that's going to potentially shoot in on him because I think this sometimes he's been taken down easy, hasn't he? And he does not look great on the ground. Mm. So I'd like to see someone who's going to perhaps try and threaten to engage you whether he really is What's, evolving his game. What, what are the heavyweight rankings? Like, why, uh, where is he? So who's above him? Now. Uh, heavyweight. Uh, so, Volkov is. Not. In, oh, yeah, number seven. Uh, so, then just around him, you've got Overeem is five, Dos Santos six, Deglu is four, Rosenstruck, Blades, and Garnu. And then below him, you've got Sakai, Augusto Sakai, uh, Abdurrahimov, Paris. Rosenstrike or JDS or Blades maybe because Blades yeah, is trying to say Blades. spot, isn't he? He's mm. he's he can't fight Nagano again and he can't he's not good enough to fight for the title yet. So Yeah maybe, yeah, Blades yeah. Blades makes more sense because Volkov is an mm. experienced fighter, he's been at the top in other promotions like Bellator. So Yeah. I mean he it's a good good fight for Blades. Yeah, I'd mm. probably go with Blades or Overeem, I think. Um yeah. or even Derek Lewis I think could be quite a good one. Yeah. Uh, okay, so what's next? Uh, have a look. We've got Robert Whitaker versus Jarrod Kanye. Kanye, I always say his name wrong. Um, I thought Whitaker looked back to his best in this. I've got to be honest. Um, he and as the fight went on, he seemed to get a bit more confidence with his footwork and creating angles and just generally looked like the Robert Whitaker, which had dominated that decision before he met Izzy Adesanya. Um, Aaron, what did you make of this fight and, and Robert Whitaker's performance and also Jared Kanye's performance? Um, for when Kanye first came up through that hard leg kick, I thought, oh, it's going to be a long night for Whitaker. And then Whitaker kind of ignored the leg kick for a bit and just kept popping him with a jab and eventually started checking him which was, was making Kanye a bit more hesitant and I also can't really say speak on Jared's behalf but I think he might have hurt his foot or something because he switched to Sampo mm. for a lot mm. of that first round which hindered him a bit more because uh, Whitaker was finding that right high kick way more and yeah. then as the fight progressed the high kick was there more the jab was more popping Whitaker's footwork was going and then in the third round, when Kananier had him hurt, it was like 30 seconds left. Before Wicker shot, Kananier should have just let, let the gas go and just put it all on him. Yeah, agreed. But Wicker showing his, showing his fight IQ, cleaned him up and, you know, survived that round until... But yeah, Wicker looked, looked amazing, looked phenomenal. The best he's looked in a while, in a long yeah, time. since bef before the Adesanya fight, probably. Um, yeah. What impressed you about Wicker... Dan? Uh, his ability to ad adapt and change his strategy um, whilst under pressure and, and potentially hurting. You know, those leg kicks were going in. 
it proper buckled his knee across. Now, so the thing with Whitaker, he does have a turned-in lead foot, yeah. um, which will you know set you up for that leg to be be a target. And so, you know, for Kanye to target it, that that was really positive signs for me. I, I think he should have perhaps targeted a little bit more, but um, along with a little bit more hands as well. So that was the thing, really. Jared um, just wasn't doing enough hands to keep on prepping up that leg kick and the leg kick started becoming less and less effective because Whitaker changed and adapted to it started checking a few of them um and then started coming in with that one two i can't remember what round it was it was either late in the second or it was in the third where he started connecting with the straight one two right down mm. the pipe and was just getting too quick for that leg kick and like i say i think if um Connie had started using some hands and then kicking to mix up the combinations to get that kick off he could have kept that leg kick being introduced which may have stopped Whitaker being so effective in that third round when he had a really good spell. Um, but yeah, Whitaker impressed me regards that really, the, the fact that he adjusted um, and Connie didn't adjust. He, for me, it was all for Connie to, to win. He, he created a weakness in Whitaker's lead leg, could have found ways for me to keep targeting it, but Whitaker adjusted, Connie couldn't. Um, he had that really bad spell and then he'd come on strong but he must have known he was down. And I agree with Aaron. He had Whitaker hurt on the counter and it was a real opportunity to, to literally steal that fight from under Whitaker's feet. But um, I think he, I don't know, maybe doubted himself. Was he feeling tired at that time? I'm not too sure. But Conio's face was pretty battered at the end of the fight. He had a lot of bruising around his head. Um, and maybe he had just been, been landed upon a little bit too much to have enough juice to try and push for the finish at the end of that third round. But I don't know. Aaron can, you know, verify, you know, as a fighter, when you're going through some adversity, but you know that you're in that last minute, it's like running a marathon. Suddenly, you know, you don't mind sprinting the finish because you know it's nearly over. I mm. just think he should have gone balls tonight. And, and kind of, he's a powerful dude. Powerful dude. He's he, he could the ability have put, to finish it, haven't he? Yeah, he had the chance there. And he just, to me, just didn't take it. Didn't, didn't look for it, really. I no, didn't think he had any urgency in that last round. No, not enough. He was going to you know, finish anything. Yeah, Whittaker's, you know, back up there. He's proven himself to be back in the mix. He's a real true athlete and a true martial artist. But, um, yeah, I'm just not so sure whether he'll still take it all the way to the top. I don't need to put doubts on him you know, already, oh, yeah. but I'm just not too sure he's... I just think... Just think He's just not going to quite As make it to the top. got the psychological edge over it. I just, I yeah, I just... Yeah, I just think he's just better in the most important areas where Whitaker's good. I just think Adesanya's just better. And, um, yeah. So, yeah, they'd they, be the problem. Obviously, Adesanya's champion and Whitaker's ranked number one. Where do you go next for Robert Whitaker? Uh, you've got Paolo Costa ranked three, obviously coming off a loss. Uh, then you've got Hermanson, Yoel Romero, Darren Till. Wouldn't mind seeing Darren Till versus Whitaker again, even though I'm sure they won't make that fight because it was no, quite, that's I don't see quite any one-sided. Point um, I'd like to see it. Is, um, the word. You've got Brunson, Seven, Gastelum, Chris Weidman, Uriah Hall, Sebastian could be a, a good fight for Kanye next, I think. Mm. Um, who else is in there of interest? Tavares. Who would you put him up against uh, next, Whitaker, uh, Aaron? Whitaker, um, either the Adesanya rematch, but again, that's considering how the first one went. Is a bit. Of, yeah, I just don't see him doing it. It's a big one, or maybe Costa. 
put him against Costa because Costa mm. wants that yeah. match as well, don't he? So yeah, you yeah, could do him for the for the, I think for that the opportunity sense. for a rematch, couldn't you? Yeah, I suppose that would be. A good and I, I just think I think that'd be really really good. And if Whitaker pulls through on that, I just think his tools will be sharpened enough to maybe make some threats to try and steal it. But uh, I, again, yeah. I'd stick by what I said. I just can't. I just don't know. I just think he's, he's reached his nemesis there with. Adesanya, Adesanya. Yes. yeah, yeah. I don't yeah, think anyone's going to strike with Adesanya. This is going to be a bad night. He's too. His yeah. striking is yeah. too good. Yeah, but like you say, mate, uh, lads. I think maybe a Costa fight with the winner getting Robert Whitaker. Uh, yeah, getting Adesanya is probably mm. the way to go. Ultimately, it, ma- yeah. it makes sense. <clears throat> um, and then the main event of the evening. Khabib Namagomedov, oh, I did quite well that time, versus Justin Gaethje, the fight where everyone thought Gaethje was the guy who might finally give Khabib some trouble. Did he give him any trouble, Danny? Well, he did because he hurt him with like a leg kick, but then he lost the fight very, very quickly after that. So as soon as he started trying to make a chink in his armour, it was kind of curtains thereafter. Um mm. To me, Gaethje was given his the, the takedowns so much respect. He started throwing punches out of range, and his boxing fell apart for me. He was doing windmill shots. Um, he looked awkward, and he always looked gassed as well at the end of the first round. He, like he put himself under a load of pressure, and I've never seen that before from him. Um, so I think he largely underperformed without trying to take anything away from Khabib. Um, I thought he was going to do better than he did. Uh, yeah, I just... It was the way he's winging his arms. It was just shocking. Strange, um, yeah, it was was a little strange, but you know, for Khabib, man, that's just amazing. You know, it, he ended up taking him down and keeping him down, which we've never seen. Um, and he went for that armbar. I mean, if there's just a, another thirty seconds on the clock, I have no doubt he would have got that armbar. But one thing that was showing up is either that we don't understand the level that Khabib's at, um, and it's just beyond all of our understanding or he, showed, or, or he showed up that there's good reason why Gaethje's so resilient to, to avoid the grounds because he ain't got no skill on there he looked mm. like a complete white belt up against uh, Khabib on the ground he really really did it, it, the, the armbar setup was not anything super technical it was pretty yeah. basic in it's set up um, but it, it, it was practically going on at the end of that first round and that triangle set up I mean not very many people <laughs> lose from a triangle being set up from a mount position like that um, and to me Gaethje did the wrong thing he turned up and put himself deeper into it uh, that's just not what you you do there um, so I was a little bit surprised so yeah um, ha- happy for Khabib I mean wow you know he's just done, done one I mean I thought, what is it that he's lost one round in his whole 29 fights is that right yeah. I think that still stood I don't think he's still lost yeah. a round against Gaethje and that's just phenomenal absolute phenomenal um, yeah. It's a shame he has retired because one fight I would like to see is the only type of person that he hasn't fought yet, and that's someone who's well-rounded, who's also a strategist, who's also a genius, and that's GSP. I think, you know, not not to throw into question Khabib's incredible legacy that he's created for himself, but he's beat the wrestlers, he's beat the strikers, but to me, he's never really fought the full package in terms of a strategist, and, and GSP has always been able to fathom out everyone um and and khabib as it stands is a lock that hasn't been able to be picked yet but 
could um, GSP's the, the locksmith. He, he figures people out and he finds a way to yeah. win. I, I'd love that to happen. I still think that might happen, you know. I think um, it'll ultimately depend on his mum from what he said afterwards. Uh, she didn't want him to fight again without his father. He said he was going to take this fight to finish and then that was it. He promised mm. her um, and he went into some more detail in the press conference afterwards and basically, you know, he said like that, that was it. I promised that this would be it and this would be it. And I think compared to when you compare to other fighters who've retired and then come back and retired and come back like Connor and others, I don't think Khabib is like that. I feel like when he says he's done, he's done. Um, mm. You know, I might be wrong. Maybe in six months' time, when he's had time to grieve properly, because it must have been very difficult to grieve and and get to grips with losing his father, who's been there all these years. Yeah. When you're training, he's must have been. You know, he's trying so hard to be focused on training. It's difficult mm. to get your head together and grieve and stuff. So yeah, I watched some interviews and stuff leading up to this fight, and a couple of times he was getting frustrated with people doing the interviewing and he goes come on guys you always ask me the same question is it hard to train without my father of course it's hard it, yeah. it's a stupid question i think he was he conducted himself well he, he held himself but he was getting knocked off um you could see so, yeah, the emotion I, on him as well when yeah he absolutely when, when he won. And, and you could tell that that wound of losing his father is still a very much open wound and you're yeah. right maybe he'll go away lick that wound let it heal up and you know maybe that desire to get back in there to to prove himself again, it might come about. I don't know. I mean, come on. Emma might, he's passionate about the sport and about martial arts. Can he really turn his back when he's been so... He hasn't even really been in a tough fight, it doesn't seem. He's just no, made but then he could go to coaching himself, mate. Maybe in yeah, co absolutely. the next generation of Dagestani yeah, uh, yeah, fighters. Yeah. Maybe that's the way he'll go. And I mean, that could be, you know, that could be interesting ultimately. Um Look, Dana White will, I'm sure, over the next year, send him the odd text message. Particularly, if, for instance, you know, if Conor McGregor goes and starches uh, Poirier in January, you'd imagine the first thing Dana White will do is, is text Khabib and say, Are "You sure you uh, you don't want the rematch?" Because yeah. that's I can basically imagine... the biggest fight you can make. Yeah, I, I can imagine uh, in a number of months' time, Dana White contacting Khabib. Ask her to tell you about this GSP um, sort of kind of yeah. matchup, saying, "Look, it's going to be GSP's last time ever in to do, to to do it literally as a super fight. No no belts needed to, See, to try I, and defend your belt." The, um, I don't know. I think that's possible to do because it'd be a sure it'd be a massive money earner for everyone all around, including UFC, and it will make that thirty. You know, it rounds up the number, and I think that yeah. could be possibly yeah. a temptation. The um, the GSP fight, though, I don't know. You know maybe it's just me. It, it doesn't appeal to me without the belt. I don't know why. Uh, it's weird. Whereas the McGregor fight, I'd actually, in many ways, prefer it without the belt because I don't necessarily want to see Conor McGregor as champion again. I'd rather see him take some exciting fights at this time in his career. Um, I don't know why but it the, is. But it's the, just the, something the, about the, belts, the GSP fight just doesn't A belt would be pointless. I mean, you'd be... Me. If Khabib's talking about retirement now, so the only temptation you'd ever give, get for him is to do yeah, a, a, a feature fight. fight. And GSP yeah. don't want to come back fighting regularly. No, so that's right, yeah. I don't know what it is. would only ever be. I don't know. Um, I don't, it's, it's just a, a childhood thing in me that that's a matchup you want to see. And 
whether we I ever get to see that or not. Um, GSP being, he's very much the guy who kind of figured people out. So mm. it would be interesting to what strategy he would take against Khabib, someone who's basically beaten everyone in every way. Um, mm. So it would be interesting. Um, Aaron, what did you make of this fight? Uh, what did you make of Khabib's performance and ultimately his career? Could be put it on him from the word go. He didn't didn't back up once, did he? Um, like Danny was saying, I think Gaethje respected Khabib's takedown, well, like he should take down threat too much. He was like pulling his hips back mm. in combos. Yeah, he felt like a one-two, but pull his hips back instantly, which was leaving him off balance. Um, mm. Yeah, like the whole time that first round, I was, I watched it with my girlfriend and my youngest, my oldest son, and I was saying how, how like this is not how Gaethje fights normally, like he. Yeah, it was like he was doing like as soon as he threw, he threw his hips back, which was hindering his striking yeah. and making like there was points to that round where I thought could be might have like caught Gaethje and put him down, but um, mm. that obviously never didn't happen. But then, as you've seen, as soon as he hit the ground, there was, there was levels. Gaethje looked looked yeah. out, of, out, out of his depth as soon as he touched him. Like yeah. he took him down, it took him five seconds to down. He wrapped him up in twenty. So. That that got yeah. says it all. Could be just another level, another level to everyone in the light heavy in the lightweight division. And he, yeah, no one's been able to touch him really, have they? No, he's got nothing um, else to prove apart from that GSP fight. There's, yeah. there's nothing else. So you, 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 you would you be a fan of watching that? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I'd want to see that so much because GSP stylistically, he, he's not the kind of person that would suffer from that ring rust. I don't know, to me, he's always in trade. He's a complete martial artist in every sense of the word. So, um, and, and look how he come out from several years to fight. Um, oh, when he uh, really naked choked Bispin. Uh, um, he really made short work of Bispin. Really made short work of him, and and he just didn't miss a beat. And I think you know that wouldn't be an excuse if he did lose against Khabib. I don't think it would be because he was rusty in any stretch. If Khabib wins, it's be just because. Well, look, he's just something that no one's ever seen before and no one can figure out and 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 then to me it's a done deal through and through but yeah like i say i just see that khabib's this lock that no one's been able to figure out how to pick and yet gsp's always been able to decipher someone that when he's lost against someone he fights them again and then beats them um yeah yeah so that's why i want to see that one to me it's just not 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 done for me yet i, I don't want it to end yet <laughs> I think yeah, it will be though. I like 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 uh, Khabib looks like he's uh, when he says somebody means it kind of guy. Yeah, yeah. And I, if I he get that made sense. A promise to his mum, unless his mum says, "Oh, look, go fight GSP." I don't think it'll happen. Yeah. Yeah, spot on. I um I couldn't agree more with you both. Um, like I haven't always been um the biggest fan of Khabib. Um. I don't know whether that's just... I didn't like the way he conducted himself during the build-up to all, all the stuff with Conor McGregor because I, I, what I didn't like about it is I felt like he was trying to paint himself as the innocent party whilst Conor McGregor, because he's so mouthy, it's easy to blame him for everything. Um, and I felt that they were both kind of didn't do themselves too much. Uh, they didn't cover themselves in glory, either one of them, outside of the cage. Um, in the build-up and the aftermath, but but since then I've kind of grown to love him in a weird way. Like I just got so much respect for the way 
he conducts himself generally. It just seems Conor McGregor kind of got under his skin, basically. Um, but other than that, uh, the way he conducts himself, um, yeah. his skill, his skill set, um, just everything about him, he, I do believe he's truly one of the the greatest the UFC has seen. But I, it's weird. Like I, I see him. You can't say he's not one of the greatest when he's got twenty nine and zero. But I also look at his all round game, and I think I don't think you can say he is the greatest because he's very. I don't want to say one dimensional because he's shown. But you can't. But you can say that. But that's what makes it even more impressive. He, he, he's knows what he's achieving, do, and he still does yeah, it. yeah, and, and no they one can't can stop him. And yeah. that makes it even more impressive because he's kind of like got the old school mentality where he's got this one type of martial art. Okay, he's one with a triangle and, you know, he can strike a bit. I'm not saying he's not well-rounded. You know, he is in the big scheme of things, but he always goes to the main go-to of taking you down and, and, and screwing you up on the ground, whether it's by ground and pound or submission. And, you know, that just makes it even more wowing. The, the yeah. fact that, you know, he, he's striking is not... Um, up there at world class level, but he just uses his striking to get where he wants it to be, and um, yeah, I mean that's 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 to behold. That's that's incredible to me, it really is. Yeah, but yeah, um, Lee Remedius actually put an interesting um, post up that uh, it, it, I wouldn't say it was trolling by any sense, but he, he just made a, a comment. Hey, look, you know, everyone's saying about Khabib how that you know how honourable he is and how this guy, you know, everyone should follow in his footsteps. And he goes, you know, are you so sure about that? And he put the clip up where he jumps out the cage and attacks Dylan Dennis. Dylan Dennis, yeah. Yeah, and um, and then people are arguing, what are you trying to say? And he goes, well, I'm not trying to say Khabib ain't an amazing man. I agree that he is. But I'm just trying to say I wouldn't want my kids acting like that. And that's a really yeah. good point to put. I think people are just giving um, Khabib all the respect like they are doing because they're caught up in the moment and the the emotions that obviously he's feeling with the loss of his dad the fact that you know he's retiring now and um so i understand that people are sort of like going along with all that emotion but um yeah uh, but Liam really is, it's really is, is a smart guy and um he is someone that will step back and look at a situation or look at a uh a, a situation like from from far back and um yeah although he might perhaps isn't trying to say one particular way he just put a good conversation up on on some of his posts and he made a really good point and uh yeah i mean personally again i i i've been the same as you to be honest i um khabib is uh, someone that perhaps in the past i've not given the respect and always like looked for someone that was going to beat him i, I was sort of like a bit one of those it's almost like when chris eubanks as a boxer was you know, yeah. doing so well. I, I always watched because I was waiting for him to lose. And um, I found myself falling in the trap of that. But um, this guy's proved me wrong time, time again. And, um, you know, being a former fighter, I've got to respect that and no more than after what I saw the other night. You know, he's, he's truly amazing. Yeah, can't fault him. Um, and, you know, he deserves utmost respect for the way... Um, you know his career and everything and he's just broken everyone and he deserves to be the number one pound for pound fighter mm. as he retires even though he's retiring they should put him as the number one pound for pound fighter he deserves yeah. that to retire how he's not that already when john jones hasn't fought for so long mm. i think is a bit uh 
maybe a bit naughty. Um, <laughs> very quickly then to finish us off then, lads, we'll do some predictions from those fights I mentioned earlier. Uh, we've got uh, Bobby Green versus Thiago Moises. Uh, Aaron, who you got in that one? Bobby Green. Danny. Yeah. Yeah, Bobby Green. Yeah, Bobby Green. He's done well like, of late, hasn't he? Yes, that boy is going to come out and try and submit him the same as he did with Michael Johnson, isn't he? Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think that's going to play yeah. into his what Bobby Green's going to want. Isn't it? He's going to play. Into yeah, his Johnson. Game Johnson was piecing him up on the feet as well before that second round. And then yeah, it's going to be um, come out. Should be a good fight, like, a good one to watch. I think. Um, yeah, because it should be quite strategic from both sides. Um, and the next one is Morris Green versus Greg Hardy. Not my favourite fighter. Um, mm. Who you got for this one, Dan? <sighs> That's a big bit of a difficult one. I'm going to go uh, Greg Hardy. Okay. And what about you, Lauren? Uh, Lawrence? <laughs> Sorry, man. Uh, Aaron. <laughs> what, what the hell? <laughs> and, uh, someone just, someone just put a, sent me a message on my screen. And, uh, I'm gonna go with, with Greg Hardy. I'm a Maurice Green. He fought um, Olenek, if I'm mis- not mistaken, or I'm mistaken, or whatever. And uh, I wasn't too impressed with him in that fight. So I think Greg's the better all around fighter. Yeah, so I yeah. Think I think, but... think wasn't Maurice Maurice Green when he fought Olenek? Didn't he look look? Um, I might be mistaking him for someone else. So I apologise if it, it wasn't him. Wasn't he the one? He looked really like, uh, like sluggish and out of, out of yeah, shape, and, just, and like he held just on. Looked like he hadn't been training at all. Yeah, when Olenek got him to the ground, he just held on. And there was yeah, no right, yeah. Do, he didn't move, didn't do anything, did he? Yeah. He just like laid there. Mm. Um, yeah, that was January this year. He faced um, Vili, Viliante uh, in mm. July, and he beat him. By an arm triangle, arm triangle submission shock. Yeah, from underneath, right? Yeah, yeah you're right. It's yeah. a good memory, uh, good memory, Dan. Yeah, I, I just remember, but he's a giant of a man. He's an extremely yeah, big guy. Big but um, I, I just think Greg Hardy. Yeah, but Greg Hardy's right. too much. That's right. And now that you've said his height, there, right? He, was, he did like that weird choke from underneath. Yeah, uh, and like, he was getting that up the whole fight. He was getting yeah. head up, but yeah, he pulled it off and yeah. got to be in it to win it, and he was still in it, and then and he pulled it off and won it. Uh, next up is Kevin Holland returns to fight uh, Mahmed Murdov. Mm. You got for this one, um, Aaron? Tough fight to call. That uh, Murdov, I've, I was impressed with him in his last fight, and uh, Holland always seems to impress me in every fight. He seems to get better and better. Yeah, so my he's... thing with Kevin Holland is. He... He seems to like lose one, win one, lose one, win one. He can't seem to get like a a run of wins together. Um, but uh, no, no, ignore me, mate. I'm thinking he's someone else. So just ignore <laughs> that comment. What? Just um, ignore that comment. I was thinking of for some reason. I was thinking of Kevin Lee. Um, <clears throat> but yeah. Um, sorry, Aaron. Who did you say, Kevin Le- Holland or Mahmoud? I think I think Mahmoud M- uh, Murdov is going to win that one. What about you, Dan? I uh, know I'm going to go Kevin Holland. I uh, I don't know. I just think he's he's improving all round. I think uh, 
Yeah, I, was going to, I think he's going to continue to make improvements and I, I just think he's going to win through on that one. But that, that one is another hard one to call, but I'm going to go yes. Kevin Holland. Yeah, I'm going to go with Mahmed Murdov. Uh, and the next one is the fight which I, I'm looking forward to the most on this card. And that is uh, Andre Feely versus Bryce Mitchell. Cannot wait for that fight. Uh, yeah, Danny, so good. who you got for this? Yeah, so Feely's better than the seven losses that it shows up on his record. But, um, yeah, I'm going to go Bryce Mitchell. He was so impressive. The last yeah. Two, the last two couple really of has been. Yeah. Unbelievable. Um, Aaron, who you got for this one? I'm going to go for Bryce as well. Like, Feely's good and he's looking better than he ever have been. But I think Bryce is um, grappling. Mm. is going to be too much for him. He's going to stand out in this fight a lot. And uh, here's another question for you. Uh, if I said to you, how many twisters will Bryce Mitchell go for in this fight? Will it be over or under five? What would you say? Danny? Uh, I, I think he's going to hit a few on him. That, that, that Andre Philly is quite slim, isn't he? Um, and so I think there's plenty of room for him to work around. Someone like, to, to me, something like a twister, you're going to get on someone that's more gangly than you are thick-bodied because they can kind of like resist it. But yeah, I've got a feeling he's going to put on a good few. I'm going to go more than three for sure. Yeah, he loves a and, twister. Over or under five twister attempts from Bryce Mitchell there, Aaron? Um, five. I'm going to go with under. Oof. I, yeah, think I, if, if he, I think if he gets him in once, he'll get out. If he gets him in twice, he'll probably yeah. Yeah. You know he's going to keep hunting it. Oh, <laughs> I mean, that's just so impressive. Um, it, goes, it makes you wonder, you know, if he's got that much control to start setting up twisters time time again, you know, what, what other things have he got in his arsenal that he could go to? I just got, think he's got just a fetish for it. But, but then to he's, control. It's a good, it's a good yeah. way to hide some of his, maybe some of his other tools, isn't it? Because... yeah. He, People think that he's, you know, he's just about his jujitsu and his uh, and his twisters or whatever. But maybe he's got some hidden tools, which one day when he fights like a top fighter, they're going to be come defending out. the mm. twister, and he'll do something completely different. Yeah, I, I, ju I just hope that he, you know, the fact that he's going for these twisters, he don't fall into the trap of thinking that he has yeah. to do them. When clearly, if you're that skillful to keep setting them up time and time again, the way he has against the caliber of guys that he's been doing it on. Uh, that he falls into a trap of limiting himself to that because clearly he, he's got other things to bring to the table his ground and I really want to see it yes indeed I can't wait for that fight it's going to be awesome and then yeah. uh, we've had one great fighter retire this weekend next weekend we have another uh, Uriah Hall is facing Anderson Silva Anderson Silva said it's his last fight mm. um, who you got for this one Danny? Uh, I, I'm going to have to go Anderson Silva and, 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 and it's a little bit with my heart more than anything else um, but because he knows it's his last fight maybe he can get himself into to, to some shape that he hasn't been in for the last few years because you know, he has looked a lesser lesser version of himself but I think he'll get himself up for it um, but then Royal Hall is so dangerous as well but I, I'm just going to go for Anderson Silva out of the respect of what he's done for the sport Can't fault you mate and uh, what about uh, you are and what you got you got Anderson Silva with your heart or you going with your head and Uriah Hall oh shit is he frozen yeah I think he has yeah uh, I want to get his opinion on that as well 
get him back in now. Let's see if we get him in. Ah, there we are. Um, do, don't know if you heard that. Did you want uh, who you got, Anderson Silva or Uriah Hall, mate? I've got Silva. Um, I think it's going to be a pretty much lackluster fight. I don't think much is going to happen over the five rounds. I think they're both going to be waiting for each other. Right, yeah, yeah. Hall, yeah. Hall has a tendency to wait and wait to get scared to throw, and Silva is a counter striker. Mm. Yeah. Um, he's not going to engage Hall because Hall is a powerful guy. Yeah, so he I is. Think, I, I so think it's going to be a ball be. fest, in your opinion, then, is it? I think it will be, yeah. Like I, I'd love it to be amazing. They both got folks spinning stuff, flying stuff, all sorts. But I don't think that's going to happen. Mm. I, I wonder whether Anderson Silva might pull out some special stuff for his last fight. I think, fight. I think he'll showboat a lot. I think uh, he, he'll be time. doing all this with his arm. I think you're going to see a lot of that because, um, yeah, I just th- think he'll fill in the gaps of not a lot happening with a little bit of showboating, which is what we've seen a lot of in in his last sort of like last number of fights. Um, but yeah, I'll still watch it with interest. Spot on, mate. Um, and lastly, I just want to get your opinion. Um, Danny is an ex-fighter and now a coach. Aaron, as a current fighter, making your way in the sport. What is what is Anderson Silva like? Has he influenced you as a fighter, a coach, and an MMA fan, Danny? Um just how dangerous people can be when they know their range you know this 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 guy and also how devastating the tie clinch can be um if you remember what he did to uh rich franklin's nose i mean it is one of the worst nose breaks uh, i've ever seen yeah so um yeah just the, the the sharpness of range and um and then when someone tries to push through that range with his hands how that he can then rely on that clinch so he's both got a very devastating outward range uh, with his strikes, and then um, that in in close range with those uh, elbows and knees, because back in his younger days, well, he held that tie clinch and would chop over some really hard and fast, aggressive, horrible-looking elbows. Um, you know, I actually look back at some of Anderson Silva's older fights recently, and and, and the guy was truly, truly dangerous, and um, really, really dangerous out out at range. If you stayed out of range, you're going to get whip kicked um, and teeped to the face. Uh, do you remember some of the teeps to the face that he's landed on people? I mean, they're absolutely horrific. Um, and then, like I say, when they try to push close, he just tie clinches you and knees the crap out of you. Um, and, and that Rick Franklin fight was a good one to watch. I mean, those knees to the body and head were utterly devastating. And uh, what about you, Aaron? Uh, obviously, you're a bit younger than Danny and myself. Uh, Anderson Silva, what is he for you? Uh, he was uh, just—he uh, was a phenomenal to watch, wasn't he? You knew every time he was fighting, something good was going to happen. Something, mm. someone was going to go sleep. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> yeah, he's is like uh, Danny was saying. He he really showed how good range, range, accuracy, and speed meant in the striking department. He wasn't aggressive. He wasn't like this muscular powerhouse. He was flamboyant. He picked the sh- shots well. And yeah, like like he mentioned as well, that his tie clinch was unreal. Like how he held guys there so easily, and just picked them apart with knees, elbows. Like he throwing low kicks now and then in the tie clinch. He just made it look flawless. Like, mm. and his his timing from the outside, his strikes, like how he baited guys to come in, was just amazing to watch. It it was just it was phenomenal. He was the like first a, guy which we saw kind of using the rope a dope in 
Yeah, MMA, a, lot, think? a lot of this generation won't realise how good it was actually watching mm. it, knowing how mm. when he got matched against like Nate Marquardt, how good Nate Marquardt was, and seeing him just just put him away like he was nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like Aaron saying, he was a counterfighter, so he used to draw people onto him. Yeah, and, and they used to fall for it. They used to come forward on him, <laughs> and uh, yeah, he used to knock the hell out of them. Oh yeah. Um. Danny, do you remember any other fighters doing like that kind of rope a dope style before Lawrence Moore? Uh, fuck's sake, Lawrence again. <laughs> Anderson Silva. Um, I just try to think because you know doing this whole rope a dope thing, it, it's not something that's common in MMA because it, it well, especially in the modern day, I think you're not going to see it because it uh, loses you the round. It puts you in you know in a bad view for the judging. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, I think you'll get someone beckon someone on, saying, "Come on, engage," but um, in a literal sense, but not play rope a dope. I just think it's something of the past, and it just doesn't suit the framework for MMA. And yeah, I just don't think it's going to be seen again in any any conceivable way. Enough, Bobby mate. Green tries it a lot. we will probably see it this weekend mm. as well. Then, but okay. I, yeah. I can't think of any on the top of my head that I, does it. Mm. No, not really. Um, some big cards coming up. Uh, obviously, Aaron, I'm assuming you're hoping to fight on that December card. And uh, mm. in the Cage Warriors trilogy. Who two. would you want if you could, Aaron? Yeah. If, if you can. Yeah. Whoever Who they you... think they, they want to put me in for a title fight. <laughs> All right, so you're not fight. transfixed. Yeah, you're not transfixed on any particular one no, person. I, I, you just want to. I would like that Lahore rematch, but he signed a PFL. I've mentioned it in the previous interview as well. I uh, would like to fight Poland. Uh, it's Poland, isn't it? Is that Poland? Uh, no, not? it's the... Um, Which one's that? Pro Fight League, isn't it? Um, yeah. Pro Fight. It was WSOF. Oh, what's the it was World fight Series of Fighting, wasn't it? Um, and now it's right. Pro Fight right. League in... Andy Patterson's coach is his organisation, right. isn't it? I can't remember his name. No, mm. Rufus. Duke Rufus is pro uh, organization. That's it. Duke yeah. Rufus. I was trying to think of his name. Um, yeah, he signed with them. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I don't know who else they got. They got on the well. Who's the welterweight cage warriors welterweight champ now? Was Mason? <sighs> but he signed with you. Oh, of course it was so. Mason. Just won it. So he's so yeah. See, they should put you in a title fight, shouldn't they? Really. Mm. Um. Just out of interest, if they, if you know, if they, uh, would you have fought Mason? In a well-away fight, probably not, because we are we are mates. <laughs> I know that's why yeah, I'm always we, interested. Together, it is it's a bit awkward because if he was in the UFC, different story. We vote both of the made to the top, but as we're both trying to get to the top to ruin one's career, yeah, you're, you're step on, yeah, you're not helping together. each other. No. Yeah, I think that that that's uh, about sums it up. How I look at that situation. Why, why would yeah. you be tr trying to? It's like trying to stay afloat, isn't it? You you pull one down to get your head above water, but you're drowning your yeah. mate, sort of thing. Mm. Yeah, it made no sense. But once you're at that certain level, the, the UFC level, that's all about making enough money to to live off of when you retire. So uh, yeah, it's all systems go. Indeed, and I don't think there's anything else to cover. Other than uh, to say thank you very much, uh, Aaron Khalid, for joining us and giving us uh, some good insights again, mate. Appreciate your time. Thanks for having me on. Sorry about cutting out so much. 
Ah, you're right. It's, uh, it's technology, mate. You cannot do anything about it. We're accustomed to the technological issues because you're so dependent on internet and software and stuff. It, it is what it is. It wasn't too bad, anyway. Um, Danny, as ever, thank you, my friend. Um, Always my pleasure. Hoping to have a UFC star with us next week. Uh, just wait. We're waiting on the details to see. Okay, sounds sure. good. But, uh, and, and, Aaron, I do hope that you'll come on for you know for a third time, and um, I hope that underneath your name, we will have Cage Warriors champion. Yeah, yeah I, I, well, I think yeah. this is the way you're heading, and I can't wait for that. Um, yeah, come on, Cage Warriors, give him a title. He deserves yeah, it. <laughs> get it. Get him in there, mm. and hopefully, poor old Ben can bloody get a fight. <laughs> <laughs> As a veteran, I live with health impacts from my service. VA healthcare means you're in 100% control of your own medical care, your own benefits, and it only takes minutes to set up. A veteran should enroll in VA healthcare because it ensures that they get quality, high-level care for the rest of their lives. My service was then. My benefits are now. Get what you earned. Visit choose.va.gov. Not all veterans are eligible for the type or amount of benefits mentioned here.